Hodges puts up the three. Long go. Rebound box. Now head over in this direction. Gone to three. back what's going on guys welcome back to camp's corner today we got a special guest he's from johnson rhode island just like myself uh bishop hendrickin alum along with a ton of personal accolades in the sport of basketball and you'll see that soon and is currently playing at the university of vermont guys give it up for justin Mazzula. Uh, pleasure to have you and uh you know have another johnson native with me but uh before we get into you know high school college stats and all that kind of stuff um obviously being born into a basketball oriented family uh, when did your true passion for basketball begin and what was it like uh, for you at the early stages? Um, I don't think a real true passion actually was developed until later in my life. I think it was just um, I was there like my dad was refing, um, my brother was playing. So we were always around the gym, um, which helped um, make a passion. But um I would say it would start around maybe eighth grade when I started to really lock in and really know what I wanted to do with my life, and that was basketball. Um, but before that, it was just I was playing basketball for fun because I played, like, three other sports. <clears throat> I mean, I played basketball in middle school. I played soccer. I ran track. I played baseball. And when I was really younger, I played football. So I did pretty much every sport. <laughs> Right. So now um, starting off in your high school career now, uh, I know your brother Joe attended Bishop Hendrickin, but uh, what made you decide that you wanted to go there and play basketball there as well? Um, that my brother went there, I kind of was trying to follow in his footsteps. And uh, I saw the way like Hendrickin was and I just was really infatuated with um, the type of culture that Hendrickin basketball had. So I went there right when um, I was able to. Right. You know, being the leader that you were on the court, um, did you ever feel pressure because you were the little brother to Joe? And did you feel that uh, your coaches made you live up to a certain expectation? Um, my coach, that's a, actually a great question. But uh, my right when I got to Hendrickin, uh, Coach Gomes actually sat me down in his office. I'm talking about the first day, not even the first day of basketball, the first day of school. Your freshman year? Yeah, yeah. the first day of school. And because uh, he was my guidance counselor, too. So that was pretty cool. Uh, so sits me down in his office and he's like, all right, let's get it off out the way. Like, I'm never going to compare you to your brother. You guys are two different players. Um, so don't worry about in practice living up to a certain expectation. I won't hold you to a certain expectation. So that kind of was great the first day to hear that because I went in with a clean slate. So I never really felt um that pressure but maybe from the outside I did feel that pressure from outside sources and um like the media and all that kind of stuff like uh yeah media and just I mean when when your brother goes in college basketball to the final four in elite eight I mean that's kind of there's a lot of eyes easy. on you now right no yeah yeah it's kind of not easy 
mm. to push that away. I'm, but I did the best I could. Yeah, of course. And um, what advice did Joe give you uh, starting off at Tanner? Well, I mean, when I, he was still trying to figure out his own identity and coaching identity and whatever he was doing. So we really never um, spoke that often about what I was going through um, because he had a lot of stuff going on. It just mainly was my dad who influenced me the most uh, during my high school career. Of course, he must have been there, you know, throughout the whole way. But I read uh, that Coach Gilman said that he already had you starting in your second game at Hendrigan. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, being the leader, like, already in a sense as a freshman, uh, did you feel like it wasn't uh, your place yet to uh, kind of have, like, a voice on the court because you were such a, you were at such a young age? Um, uh, Yes and no. Um, I did feel that way sometimes when like a upperclassman would make a mistake mm. and I would have to correct the upperclassman or not have to, but I would. You'd um, want to. Yeah. I would want to, but then Show I would leadership. be like, but then I'll be like, uh, he's been here for three years right. or four years. So it's kind of hard, but in high school, it's a little bit different. Um, because in high school you could be on varsity you could be in the program for four years and only on varsity for once, for one year. So if you have an upperclassman that's on varsity for one year and I'm there for one year, I mean, we're basically in the same boat. So yeah. I mean, we'll just both talk about it. Um, there weren't many people who were on varsity for four years straight. So you're not getting a lot of experienced upperclassmen like that. So uh, I would just mainly talk to my coach and see ways that I can help lead and uh, guide without having to step on many people's toes. Then like transitioning into your, uh, your sophomore year, you were already averaging the most on the team at 14 and a half points. And uh, fo the following year, you led the Hawks to a 23 and six record. You're awarded the Gatorade Player of the Year, state championship MVP, and the mentality that you have. Uh, what do these accolades uh, truly mean to you? Actually, they mean nothing. Um, right, I, could, I, I mean, probably they, already they assumed do, that. <laughs> they do mean, I'm, I mean, an award always means something to somebody, obviously. And But um, the way my family looked at it, it was just another piece of just something to collect dust. Uh, so me personally, I usually, I only kept one award and that was Gatorade Player of the Year award. Um, I mean, because that's just a cool accomplishment to have. Mm, and yeah. they're all cool accomplishments. But I mean... It's nice to see awards because it shows that your hard work is paying off. But I usually don't use awards to become complacent and comfortable. I kind of use awards, obviously, to motivate me more because I, I don't really like to be in the spotlight, spotlight like that all the time. And especially in, in Rhode Island, everyone was so, like, wanted to take the Hawks down. And it was just so annoying. Like, but... It was great, don't get me wrong, um, but many of those awards really stemmed from the team that I was on. Not always, it wasn't always me. It was mainly my coach and the people that were around me. Right. Um, like my freshman year, we did have a great, a great team. There was a lot of great players on that team. Um, we wouldn't have been able to do it without all working together because actually, I think, I don't know if it was my freshman year or my sophomore year, I think we beat LaSalle in the championship. Yeah. But the game before that, when we played divisionals, mm -hmm. 
we lost by f- probably about 35. Really? <laughs> maybe, four, maybe, yeah, about 35 to LaSalle in the Visionals at, C- at CCRI. And then we came back as a team and we beat them by main, probably about 11. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of... There was a lot of great people around me that my individual awards really didn't mean much. It was because of them. Of course, yeah. But how many championships did you actually win at Hendrickson? Uh, three. Three. Um, it was so, my freshman year that we did that because sophomore year we fell short. Playing at the Ryan Center during those championship games, uh, was that like your first like true taste of playing on a college court or in a college arena, or did you have experience like prior to that? Um. Yeah. I, well, I also played AAU. Yeah, right. That gives um, so you a lot of opportunities. With my, with my AAU team, BABC, uh, we play that wide world of wide world, whatever it is in Disney. Mm. Um, and they have a huge arena there. It's not college, but it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Um, and just traveling. I think we went to different venues. Like we played in Louisville uh, when we when we went to. That was nationals. When we went to nationals, we played in a big venue. So it wasn't my wasn't my first time. How did these games and how did these accolades prepare you for the college level? Um, I know you had so much experience, like you said, with AAU <laughs> and like so much like before even playing in yeah. high school. But yeah, so I wouldn't say it necessarily prepared me because the college game is so much different than the high school game that I had a lot to get used to when I got to um, college stuff that many, many people really don't see. If you play the sport and then you have to do it, like when you transition from high school basketball, there's, it's pretty much quicker. There's not many like secondary breaks, stuff like that. Timing is a big thing. Patience um, reads. There's all different things that you have to do differently when you get to college. So I played a lot of basketball when I was in high school and I played on many different teams, got many different accolades. But when you get to college, it's, you gotta, you you have to learn the offense. There's a lot of stuff that you need to learn that it, I prepared myself right for, by working hard in high school, but there was many stuff that I had to get used to in college. Yeah, like I'm at uh, Rick right now. Obviously, I didn't get to continue my playing career, but um, I'm excited to like see the games. Like I haven't even really experienced any games. I know Rick's D3, but I've been to a lot of your games uh, in the past. Um, but how did you decide that you wanted to go to George Washington for your uh, first school? Um, I just felt that though it was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they At the time, they just won the NIT, so I, I assumed that it would be a program that was on its way up. Um, that didn't go as planned. <laughs> and I mean, that happens in, in college. Sometimes you, right. if you make a decision, you gotta stay with the decision and see what happens after that. Um, being recruited is kind of a difficult thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe um, you're 17, 18 years old and you have a bunch of people telling you a lot of stuff that you like to hear, but you really don't know the ins and outs of the college or the uh, university. Um, which is pretty difficult and very, it's a tough decision for a 17, 18 year old to make on their own. Like you really don't know. You don't know, you don't know anything. Um, so sometimes people, that's why you see a lot of transfers is because you, you hear a lot of great things and you see a lot of great facilities. You see all this cool stuff and then you get there and it's like, 
uh, not advertised wasn't, correctly. <laughs> this wasn't what I thought it was. Um, but you just got to stick to it and uh, continue to do you as you go to places that if you don't like it. So. Yes. Like, so what kind of like offers were you getting? Like uh, mainly like the same as kind of George Washington? Yeah. Uh, URI, um, Creighton, which I really liked Creighton. Um, Brown. Uh, some Ivy Leagues. Yeah, around around there. Yeah. Um, in your freshman year at George Washington, um, before the regular season even started, you played uh, your brother Joe in an exhibition game. Um, yeah. When he was on the podcast, I actually asked him the same question. Uh, what was that moment like for you, seeing your brother out on the floor the same time as you? But, uh, you know, from you from a playing perspective and him from a coaching perspective. I mean, in the moment, it wasn't – we were trying to win, so it wasn't very – Right, of course. I wasn't really worried about him on the other side of the floor. Um. But it was really, it was a really special moment for us, for the Missoula family, um, for my dad. It was really special for actually John. Pretty much, a lot of people in Johnston, a lot of supporters that support our family. They came out to the game. They drove, and flew. So there was a lot of there was a lot of people from Johnston there. Um, there was my whole family. There were people like the Gilmores, people that support. My dad, we had a lot of people there, which was really, it was really remarkable to see because not many people, I mean, I don't want to sound like that, but not many people in sports make it to like that level mm-hmm. in in basketball out of Johnston. So, right. I mean, for my brother and I, that was pretty cool to be at that level and just like having fun, so. Yeah, the same. You guys on the court at the same time. That must have been an amazing start to your uh, freshman year of college. Uh, you were also fortunate enough to play in a tournament at Mohegan Sun the following year, uh, playing like teams like the University of uh, Michigan, Providence College, uh, like South Carolina. Um, I was actually at those games, and I'm not sure if you had experiences like this one now. Uh, but what was that atmosphere like, and what was it like going up against a team like Michigan? Um, I mean, I've been playing a lot of big teams. Um in my career so it wasn't it's it's cool when you play big teams like that you but like you want to win so right it's I mean it's all fun and it's all like fun and dandy beforehand like you get to play the big team but when you really step on the court you just want to win the game so um in the moment I wasn't really like happy to play them I shouldn't be happy to play someone because they're a bigger school. I just was ready to play. want to beat them and win, right? So, yeah. That's how I felt. What was your most, like, memorable moment playing for George Washington and the biggest thing that you took away from playing there? The most memorable moment? Um, <laughs> there was this one game where I had 10 assists. It was against Richmond. We ran up the score. Probably We probably had 100, 100 points. Um, that's when I played with Yuta Watanabe. Right. He's he plays for the Raptors, I believe now. Mm-hmm. Um, many of my assists went to him because it was his senior. I think it was his senior night. Yeah. Um, so and he was on fire. So I had ten assists. Well, thanks to you. The um, those were, those were one of my. That's one of my memorable moments is there. But also another moment was when three of my friends we all got on the court at the same time. I mean, it's pretty small of a moment, but it's really cool for us. It was my, it was me, Maceo, Jack, he's at Buffalo, my friend Terry, 
he's at Townsend and my friend Javi. So we all got on the court at the same time together. And I think that was really cool because we all been saying like, I wish we could all play together. And then all of a sudden, like we were running it one run through four. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. I wish I could have uh, came to one of your games in George Washington. I've seen you play a couple of times uh, for George Washington, but what made you leave and uh, continue your playing career at the University of Vermont where you currently are right now? Um, new coaching made me leave. I didn't really make that decision myself. Um, it's a long story, but yeah, yeah, we got a new coach and just whenever you get a new coach, sometimes it doesn't go as planned. Um, so it didn't go as planned and I left George Washington, but luckily I was picked up by, which I believe is a better program, basketball program, which definitely is a better basketball program at University of Vermont. Um, and coach Becker, he's a great guy. Um, and he picked me up when I was down and here I am. Yeah. So. And, um, so you didn't play in the 2019, 2020 season. Uh, you guys still did have a season though. You, you know, if I'm not mistaken, even with the pandemic and everything going on, um, what was the reason for you not playing that season? Uh, transfer. Okay. Yep. When you transfer, you can't, you can't play. Now they, they do, I, they do now for one year because of COVID, I guess you could just add things because of COVID. Um, so, yeah, they, when I transferred, I should have played, but we submitted a lot of stuff to the NCAA, and they just didn't they didn't want to agree on what I submitted. So then I had to sit out because of the transfer rule. Did you get to, like, practice or, and run in practice or no? Yeah. yeah. I could do everything but play. Yeah, so bouncing back after that season, scored a solid 8.3 points a game, 3.6 rebounds, and adding a career-high 23 points. Uh, going seven for nine from the field uh, against the University of Vermaine. Um, I know that was an emotional game for you uh, with the passing of your dad, uh, Coach Dan, um, as it was emotional for all of us here in Johnson as well. If you can, uh, can you elaborate on that game and what it meant to you and how you felt after it? <laughs> um, I mean, it, I was just, I was just ready. Mm -hmm. um, every, I, I was feeling great. Um, a lot of my shots were going in. I was getting good reads. Um, I was getting the ball. So I, I just felt it was just one of those nights where I just felt good. And um, being in that position last season was very difficult because obviously the passing of my dad. So that was the first time I ever had to play without fans. So that was terrible. And then usually my dad would be at game. So without that, and plus on top of, having to go through a season with COVID, that was very difficult for our team. So last year was very inconsistent because we would be on we would be on the court for one day and then we'd have two weeks off because someone got COVID. And then like I think that main game, we actually got shut down right after the main that main game. Really? Because <laughs> Maine had COVID and then when contact traced, we got contact traced two weeks out. So, I mean, we would be on and off for two weeks, which was very inconsistent. But that, when we played Maine, we were on a good stretch of basketball. And uh, we were getting consistent, and that's when I felt good. Um, but I think that game was, like, um, just a, an example of staying the course and always working hard no matter what, putting your head down and just getting to it. Uh, through the tough, like good and the bad, 
it's always good to just stay the course no matter what. And I think that game showed stay the course. Um, like my dad would always say, just get better. I have it tattooed on me. Um, it's just like, I mean, you know, he would just yell for no reason just yeah. to, to get better. Um, no matter what, whether you're sad, happy, it was just a way of just continue to push forward and pursue and persevere. And I think that was just like a big example of perseverance is no matter what you're going through, there's COVID. Uh, I lost my dad, but you just got to keep on fighting. And uh, that game showed resiliency and to always push forward no matter what. And that's what happened. And then, like he said, you know, it is what it is. You know, he'd always say that to all of us and just to keep pushing and just, you know, not let anything kind of affect you. But um, I know you were around a lot when I was being coached by him. I don't think I've ever asked you this, but what was it like growing up with them and being coached by them and like living up to their expectations in a way? Being coached by my dad. Um, Uncle Ant. <laughs> Looks right. like a grandfather. He's pretty old. Um <laughs> I luckily I was never coached by my uncle aunt so that's let's get that out there I was never coached by uncle so that's a good thing um but by my dad oh man there's pros and cons I think there were I think there is a little bit more cons than pros but um no nah, it was it was really great my dad he was the type of guy to no matter how you're feeling just always be on you and you have to get over a certain hump. Um, yeah. You have to realize that when he's yelling at you and wants you to do well, it's not because he hates you. No, oh, yeah. It's because he cared. And uh, once you get over that and you start to realize that, that's when you can grow and mature. But I didn't realize that until, I mean, nah, until college, unfortunately. Um I wish I realized it sooner, but there, we always butted heads because he would always want to say something and critique me and micromanage, but I just never would shut up because that was the only coaching I was getting was him. So he was always yelling and I'm like, what are you yelling yeah. for? Like, why are you yelling? I don't know why you're yelling. Um, he hated talk back too. He couldn't, couldn't talk back to him because that would make it even worse. Yeah. But I would, and then he would just throw the basketball at me, and then we would just get into a fight and then the workout. But, no, it was, really, it was really great. He shows, like, even if you don't know it and don't realize it, he shows you determination. He shows you hard work, dedication, um, perseverance. There's a lot of great qualities that come from that came from his style of coaching um, that you don't realize in the moment, but when you step away from the game and you step away and you go into your real life, you're like, that actually he really got me got me right and um that's what I realized in college is I actually wrote him a note um explaining that to him that I always thank him now that I'm in college because without hard work and without um routine structure um I wouldn't be in the same place that I am now and if I had never had him yelling at me like that I don't think I would be here so yeah, no doubt. Like he did the same thing with us. Like I know you were around a lot for that. Like um, I remember there was this one game at I think we played Portsmouth. No, what did we play? Oh no, Prout. We played Prout in my sophomore year. And I was starting, I was having a terrible game, and I didn't really play like towards the end of the game. And it was like it was kind of like a blowout. 
So then he put me in with kids that didn't really get minutes. And like, to me, not that it's like a slap in the face, but it's like, you know, we, we can still win this game. And like, he, he took it like the wrong way. And he was like, he looked at me, he grabbed my shirt and put me right back down the bench. And I was, and I was, it. he didn't speak to me for the rest of the bus ride. And like those kinds of moments kind of, you know, made me like open my eyes. Like he just wants me to get better and, and doesn't want me to, um, you know, be affected by minor things and bad games just to keep pushing. And it is what it is at the end of the day. Yeah. But I know he did that a lot for you. Yeah, he sure did. And, and he had a certain bar of expectation. And that's why I say there's cons because he had such a high bar of expectation, which is a great thing. Um, but I always would try and achieve that expectation. And then I would not get, it's always good if you're working hard to just celebrate the small wins. And I didn't get the chance to celebrate my small wins of my improvement when I was in high school because I would always want to get better. Um, and he always wanted me to get better every game. The car rides home were terrible. Oh, we just yeah. Yelling, <laughs> saying stuff. Uh, and we would win too. So mm. I would have to try and find a balance of me getting better and winning. And, um, but I mean, hey, I'm here. So. Of course, you know, if it all paid off, you know. Something right. Yeah. Sure um, did something. Of course. Uh, I know you got to get going in a little bit, uh, but to wrap everything up, uh, what are your expectations for this upcoming season and uh, what are you hoping to accomplish for yourself and for your team? Um, I mean, the first thing that as a team we always want to strive for is that a championship. Of course. Um, that's the type of culture we have here. That's the type of program we have is that we're a championship caliber team. So. That's the expectation, and that's what we strive for every day we step in that gym. Um, and then to get to NCAAs, when we win the championship, we can go to NCAAs. So um, we fell off last year, unfortunately. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. And this year is a new year. We have our fans back. Thank God. Those are the best people. Um, so, I mean, the team expectation is always a championship. And for my personal expectations of championship too i'll do whatever it takes to get a championship um i don't really have um personal expectations because i don't want to set a bar of expectation i just want to be the best that i can be when i can be it and um i'm just going to go out there and i'm going to try my best every game and do my best um i'm not really looking for accolades or anything like that i'm just looking to win and uh it's my last year, so I'm trying to go out on top, and whatever it takes to do that, I'm gonna do it. So, yeah, I hope I can come to a game. I really, I haven't seen you play for Vermont yet, but um, oh, I appreciate you. Great. Yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna try to come up there soon, or you know, when you guys start the season. But um, I appreciate we you coming on the come, podcast. We actually come down. We actually are playing Providence. Oh, really? And we're playing Brown. So, okay, December seventh and December tenth. Is your schedule online on the website? Our non-conference is not online yet, but mm-hmm. I gave you an insider. We're playing Providence and Brown December 7th and December 10th. I'll keep definitely keep that in mind. We're there that week. All right, yeah. but uh, I th- appreciate you again for coming on the podcast. Uh, you know, I, it's just so awesome to pick your brain and, like, you know, your brother Joe and how you guys had different experiences. Um, do you have anything else to say before we wrap it up? How was how was uh, on the podcast with Joe? Um, honestly, for my first time, it was kind of nerve wracking. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I I said Why? it myself. I don't know. I know I, I've never had a conversation with him. Like I've always seen you. I've always talked to you. 
so you know it's more like uh like a like kind of like a friend because like it's not you know it was joe yeah. you know what i mean like i never i never really met uh, joe in person but i know he's your brother i know it's a different perspective from you but <laughs> yeah no actually that day no because we were i saw him when did you do that did you do that on, during the week it was uh the ninth so yeah. or yeah like the beginning of that week i saw him that weekend and he was like do you know do you know Cam like simone and i didn't know you guys did that yet and i was yeah. like yeah I'm on his podcast he's like oh, i just did his podcast the other day i'm like you didn't even say anything <laughs> and so he said he had, he said he had a great time and it was really it was really cool and he really supports uh he really supports you because you're trying to be the best you can be uh and i i'm like the same way as him hey just if you have something and you have a passion for it just run it into the ground appreciate that he liked it i appreciate that you love coming on yeah um, yeah I mean, you guys uh, are awesome i appreciate it so much no problem but i know you got to get going um yes, i'll definitely uh, be in touch uh come to your games this year for sure sounds great all right Thanks i'll talk to you soon justin no problem and that wraps up today's episode, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed episode five. There's more stuff like this coming your way. Justin was a huge inspiration to me growing up because he was around so much when his dad was coaching. And I couldn't think of him in 